Across the Pod NFL podcast. I'm, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and we are here to preview Super Bowl 58. This one, it may be in one part, it may be in two parts. Either way, we've got today's episode as well as one recording tomorrow with two other uh, Chiefs Niners fans in Paul Hope and Brad Simcox as we look forward to the big game in Vegas on Sunday as the Chiefs take on the 49ers. With me, I've got two returning guests, one from each side. First of all, we got 49ers fan Ollie Hope from Third and Long Podcast. Ollie, how are you? How are things? I'm good, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me back on again, Andy. I always enjoy coming on this podcast, but I think my fourth time this season. But, you know, I'm looking forward to Sunday, but I'm also very nervous. Yeah, I can imagine you're going to hear a lot of people's sound bites throughout this episode who have been other guests on this podcast this year. And, um, yeah, I think... There seems to be more of a, not a Chiefs heavy dominance than Niners, but you know you, you've got the team there, so I think you know this should be a cracking game. Um, on the other side, as our Chiefs fan, he came on of course last week, back with us today is our Chiefs fan David Figgins. David, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, always enjoy coming on the pod. It's starting to become a bit of an annual tradition this now, <laughs> uh, um, which which I'm more than more than happy to. Uh, to oblige in, but yeah, um, I'm. I think as the as the week's gone on, I've felt more and more confident. If I'm being honest, I, I'm usually quite nervous when it comes to when it comes to games of this magnitude. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been not necessarily confident, but but definitely more relaxed than I've been in in previous years. Yeah, I can imagine. Unfortunately, the episode will start with a slight tribute to a friend of mine who did pass away just yesterday from school. So I just want to pay this tribute to Maddie Burford, who did pass away from cancer. I will put a link in the um, podcast episode description because she was a supporter of the podcast. Um, if you want to donate to cancer research, uh, that is all there for you to do. But we will move on to more of a happier note. Um, this game itself, um, it's a rematch of Super Bowl 54. It's the number one seed in the NFC against the fourth seed, the sorry, the third seed in the AFC. Um, and, you know, it's another battle of the Chiefs and Super Bowl. It's been, you know, what a six years has been, uh, David. I mean, you look at Mahomes, it's his fourth Super Bowl uh, in six years. Uh, still, his worst season as a starter is losing an AFC Championship game. He hasn't yet had a season where he's been knocked out before the playoffs started. He's never lost in the wild card round or the division round. And it took till, what, two weeks ago for him to... Um, play a game on on the playoffs in the road. Um, but I think we've talked about enough in the past episode about how good that has been. But in terms of, we mentioned about four about how good he's been, and if you compare it to maybe Brock Purdy, do you think Mahomes is Super Bowl experience? No, he's had last year Super Bowl. I just said it then. It's his fourth Super Bowl before the age of thirty. Do you think that could almost help him more than anything else? Because we've seen a lot of this thing is sixteen quarterbacks in a row that have made their first Super Bowl. And not made it back since. Look at um, Jared Goff almost broke that, but he's one of them. Jalen Hurts at the moment, Joe Burrow, you know, the list goes on and on. And there's a lot of callbacks that never make it. Whereas Mahomes has, has made four Super Bowls. I said just then. So, do you think the fact the Chiefs have done it before, they have done it before, and made it across the finishing line? Do you think that's going to be almost as big of a of an advantage as maybe the actual players in the field? Yeah, I think um, I, I completely. Agree with that. Not it's not just for Mahomes as well. It's just for the team in general. Um, I was, I've been listening to quite a lot of 
um, NFL podcasts and, and watching NFL Network and stuff this week. And there's quite a lot in and around the camp saying that it's been it's been like a week six or seven game, not necessarily as in the build-up and the training, um, other than the, the full pad training, has been has been more or less that type of build-up. And, and it's that, not just Super Bowl experience, but playoff experience and routine playoff experience and that drive to be the the best um, because obviously there's the whole talk about the dynasty and then Mahomes has got his own records that he's chasing um, he, he knows that and he's sort of declared it himself that he, he wants to chase down Tom Brady in terms of rings and he's, he's not doing too badly in that regard um, and just as a as a little caveat as well um, with, with that little opener that you had with regards to um, him only losing in the AFC Championship game is like the the earliest he's been knocked out. Both of those games were in overtime as well. So the earliest he's been knocked out is overtime in the AFC Championship game. And experience is, is key, um, but also the that drive that I mentioned before, the drive to be history makers, to be the best. I mean, um, I think, is it all three or four the last time there was mm-hmm. back-to-back Super Bowl winners? I think that, and then just the solidification of the Chiefs um, dynasty, I think it, it all, all of that amalgamates into the motivation around it. And like I've alluded to in, in previous podcasts, Mahomes will use anything to, to motivate himself and motivate his team. And that whole team is built around motivating themselves. Um, I think what, what, if we're talking about experience as well, one of the things that really makes me more confident is the the rookies that we had last year that won the Super Bowl have got a full year's worth of experience, uh, extra experience with them after winning a Super Bowl. Um, and quite a few of them will have never lost a playoff game. Um, and that in, that in of itself Shows that I mean, it showed in in the Super Bowl against San Francisco last time that the Chiefs are just never out. And we talked about we. I feel like we repeat ourselves quite a lot when we talk on this podcast about the Chiefs that you just feel like they're never out of a game, and that is, I think, what feels better this time is that that's on both sides of the ball. Um. So yeah. Yeah, and I think as well you got to look at that fact that. You know, you look at the, the Niners game a few years ago where you were behind for most of the game and then had that late comeback. You think about the, the Buccaneers game where you really weren't really in the game at all. And then even in the Eagles game last season, I don't believe you were ahead of the game until Buck has called out what ended up being the game-winning field goal. So they've never really, you know, for all their dominance and all their, their dynasty talk, they've never actually in a Super Bowl had any point of controlling lead in the game. And they've all, almost been in all those three games almost um, under the cosh. You look at, obviously, yeah, they obviously lost against Buccaneers, but yeah, they, they seem to show tremendous fight and comeback spirit in those two games where, you know, you're 20 points, 10 down in the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter. You look at the Eagles game, I said before then, that they're only really ahead in the final moment. So they seem to have done all this, not really dominating games. So I think that is going to help them away because they know that they could be at their worst. They could be playing an absolutely terrible game and nine times out of ten or two times out of three and 
in my example, just then, they've overcome it and, and won it. And in the end, they beat the Niners by was 10 points in the end or 11 points. So, yeah, I think that will give them confidence the fact that they know if they are behind, they know that they have the personnel, which hasn't really changed much if you exclude Tyree Kill, maybe Tyron Matthew. It's almost the same sort of set of players that was back in the 2019 season. So, yeah, I think that's going to give them huge confidence. But on the flip side, Ollie, um, mentioned before about that she's having the experience, but do you think... If you exclude Brock Purdy and McCaffrey, most of your best players were there in, in the two bowl in 2020. You look at Fred Warner was there. You look at, um, obviously, George Kittle was there. Debo Samuel was there. And these players are going to still, I mean, don't know George Kittle in the Mike Depp was talking about he's going to come back with a vengeance. Do you think that that loss you had to the same opponents back in the 2019 season or 2020 Super Bowl, do you think, only that the fact that most of these players and and the head coach for that matter, they've lost the Chiefs and they they've been ahead and, and lost a big lead. Do you think that's gonna almost give them that inspiration to to get revenge on the Chiefs for what happened, what's that, three, four seasons ago now? Well, um I hope so. I know there is that quite famous clip of Kittle saying, you know, I will be back here and I will be back with vengeance. Obviously Debo was there on the flip side, Bosa, Fred Warner, they're all there. Hopefully, the fact that it's against the Chiefs, again, will give them that little fire. I think I counted that there's actually nine players on the roster now that were also on the roster in 2019. But the thing that gives me a little bit of confidence is actually the McCaffrey factor, because I think I read that the um, Chiefs have about the 28th best run defence in the NFL. And obviously, I think we have the best running back in the NFL. And I think that's pretty undisputed in Christian McCaffrey. So I feel like he could be in for a big game. And I've actually had a little flutter myself on um, Christian McCaffrey to win Super Bowl MVP. So I feel like we will definitely have to use the run game to our advantage. But on the flip side, Pacheco is also a very, very good running back. And our tackling and our run defence past five or six weeks has been also very poor. So I feel like it could be a big game for both running backs and it could be a very run-heavy game. Yeah, I think that you look at the fact that I think the Ravens game, you look at um, really, I don't think, I don't know what the Ravens were doing in that game in terms of they, I believe it was the first playoff, not second play, they had a big, I think it was a 15-yard game from Gus Edwards. But apart from that, he had just single-digit carry since it was, they seem to abandon the run. Um, and, you know, I think that obviously the Niners aren't going to do that. And I think there have been one of the only real weaknesses in the Chiefs' defence is maybe that is maybe that uh, run defence. So I think when you got McCaffrey, I think even, well, I think might be one of the best backups in, in the league in, in Elijah Mitchell. Um, you know, I think that's a great tandem. And I think you look at, you look at that and I think, a team that not just them, but even Debo Samuel goes through these kind of running kind of plays sometimes. So I think that's going to be, I think, the way the Niners can win this game. I think that defense you've got studs on both sides. You've got Chris Jones, you've got Nick Bosa, you've got Tradavius Ward, you've got the Darius Sneed. You've got studs. I think defense, you could say, maybe is a bit even on the passing defense-wise, but I think run defense-wise, I think this is where the Niners can do it. And I think that we've seen a lot of teams... Uh, shout out Mike McDaniel, neglect the run when it matters, but I don't think Shanahan does this. I think that he, I think that I think if he's going to win the MVP, it's going to be him because I think that's going to be their way they win it. I think McCaffrey, if he's on his game, that's how you win it. I, I think that 
as much as I, you know, I, I want to give Brock Purdy credit because he has had two great you know, comeback wins in the last two weeks, but it's another test for him. And I think that he's going to have to rely a lot on um, on the fact of George Kittle, Debo Samuel, McCaffrey. And I think that he is so he is so key. And I think that's going to be ultimately how they win this game. Um, and actually, while we talk about bets, actually, I want to talk about the odds I've seen floating around recently. I've seen 31, I've seen 66 to 1 on various betting sites. The odds on Chiefs winning the game and uh, Travis Kelsey proposing Taylor Swift after after the win. I mean, for me, that that's that's if if they're going to win the game, I think that that's easy money. I think it would be yeah. six months in. I don't know whether that's a bit too early. He might put her off by posing, but I think that's good odds. I think you take a punt on that, even if it's just a quid, you get sixty quid back or thirty quid back. Do you think that will happen? Any of you in this game? I I think they've been dating a lot more, a lot longer than six months. Okay. I just think they've gone public now. I'm, I've seen 28 to 1 for that, but I don't see that happening. But I do think they've been dating a lot a lot longer than the public has known about it. Well, that is true. Anyone listening to this podcast, go to your respective betting company and make that bet today because that is, even yeah, you just putting a pound on, that that will be you know, still a bit big profit. Um, David, <laughs> do you see it happening? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, I, I, I think if he was going to propose, he'd probably he'd do it. He'd do it. Um, more personally, I think. Mm. I think he's that type of hopeless romantic. Um, and I think I think he'd do it that way rather than in front of the whole world as as a as a big show. Do you think that? I think personally, it's almost. I think it's a lock at this point. If they stay together, that is. Surely halftime show next year, Taylor Swift. I feel like if she the way is going and they keep dating and it keeps re- uh, generating this revenue for the league and attracting the, the much more bigger audiences, I think it's gained something like twenty million more more viewers because of her. I feel like next year it has to be her, right? In, in New Orleans, they may have some on New Orleans based, but I feel like that's an opportunity they can't really miss, especially if Travis Kelsey in, in the game as well. It makes sense. It may it make financial sense for the NFL, but. Uh... I'm I'm a bit wishy washy over the music, so I'm not really that bothered about it. But in terms of in terms of number the numbers they would do, particularly if the Chiefs got there again, um, which there's every chance um that that yeah, the numbers that, that would do worldwide would be insane. Apparently she apparently she was offered it this year, but she turned it down because she was in Japan and obviously wasn't planning on being there. So while we're talking about odds, I saw that it's twenty to one for um, her to make an appearance in, as a special guest in Usher's halftime show. Who Taylor Swift? Yeah. Okay. Um, my money's more on someone like either Ludacris or Justin Bieber. That's my yeah, I'm going with they're, this. They're, they're favourites. They're oh. like two, two or three to one. Will John? Will John would probably be the one that I'd put money on. Ooh, I, I, I'd like to see that. Bit of get low or something like that. That would be quite good. Um, I, I think he'll probably open with yeah. Do you reckon that'll be the first song? I reckon that's going to yeah. be... Well, I mean, yeah, I, I can see. I don't really know many of his songs, if I'm honest. I only know a few. He also has Confessions, but I don't think that's going to be a great intro intro song. I think you've got to have a yeah, song but... that pops off first to get the crowd maybe, going. Maybe Oh My God? Yeah. yeah I think it'll probably be Oh My God. Mm, or DJ's God's Falling in Love? Oh yeah, that that that's almost like a, you know straight down to business. We're off and running. Let's go, kind of thing. Um, 
Good point, actually. Whilst, whilst we'll do one final talk about halftime shows, what do you guys think is the best halftime show you've ever seen? This is actually quite a controversial one because we did this last year on our third long podcast, and I've actually put Coldplay's in number one. That's a good one. The one with uh, Beyonce, the one in San Francisco. Yeah, the one with yeah, uh, Beyonce that, and Bruno that, Mars. Yeah, that is a great one. That's in my top three, I'd say. I think. I think for me, it's it's just from a personal music perspective. It's the Eminem, Snoop Dogg, um, oh, Doctor Dre. That one was so good. Yeah, that that's my favorite. Yeah, just from a music perspective, it's just, and then obviously you've got the the classic Creed yeah. one as well that just gets shown every single year. Yeah, I also think Prince doing Purple Rain and it mm. starting raining was quite iconic. Yeah, I feel like that's the most iconic moment. I feel like I'm not the biggest fan of his music. I do like the song Let's Go Crazy, but I do think he's slightly overrated when it comes to his songs. But that moment, singing "Purple Rain" and the rain goes down. I think that that I think that will be the. I think it's always been seen as the most iconic moment in a Super Bowl. Um, I think Jack Jackson for different reasons, but I think for me, I'd say I'd say it's my favorite is the, the Dr. Dre one because I'm a big Fifty Cent fan, and when he came on as a surprise act, that was amazing for me. And I, I like Eminem as well, Dr. Dre. I'd say. Maybe the I think Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Miles is definitely my top. I think other ones maybe Lady. I really enjoyed Lady Gaga a few years ago. That was a good halftime show. I wish I was old enough for the Michael Jackson one because that looks really good when he jumps on the stage and that looks that looks amazing. Um, and I think the worst I've seen by far is the Room Five one. That was absolutely yeah. diabolical. That was all. That was so boring. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I mean, I do hate the weekend's music, but that at least. You can give him cut 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 up the jib because you know he he did have the lockdown thing to deal with and it was a hard one to do but and he did play a song I like in Binding Lights but yeah that one was was awful the Move Five one terrible the other one that the, the weekend had the, the Hall of Mirrors type thing as well and and that had so many memes off the back of that yeah. so I can only and I'm like I love memes so so <laughs> the the weekend's one alone was just worth it for the for the memes. It's funny that you talk about memes because I always remember the Katy Perry one with hashtag left shark because Yarn, the left shark, yeah, the I was going to mention that not one. Knowing what he, <laughs> not knowing what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was, um, that, I was sitting else. Actually, what, whilst we're on nostalgia, um, the best Super Bowl you've ever watched, um, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Patriots Eagles for the school line over 70 combined points and the infamous Philly special play. I think for me that is, and also for me, it's a game that made me from a casual fan to a diehard fan. I think that was the game when I realised you can actually watch an NFL game and get through the adverts. So for me, that always is the one that uh, sort of has a special place in my heart. And also the Patriots loss, which as a Dolphins fan, I, I always love seeing. <laughs> um, what, what about you? Got... Any sort of Super Bowl standout? I'll take the one that turned me from a bit of a casual fan to the diehard fan, and that is the Patriots-Falcons 28-3 game. Yeah. Was, um, I mean, that was just an incredible watch, incredible game to watch. Yeah, but there was loads that went to bed. I know Dan Bent went to bed at halftime. Um, it's the first one I watched in full, actually. Um, but I fast-forwarded the other, I watched it the next day. Uh, that was, that, I think that is the most iconic Super Bowl moment. Maybe apart from one other, which David might be going on to, but definitely one of the most memorable moments of this century. Well, I almost uh, went I to think... bed at 20, 24-7 last week. <laughs> oh god yeah that that was um that, that was some comeback we'll get on to that in a minute actually but um david final thoughts on two balls for you 
Uh, it's got to be when the Chiefs won uh, one fifty four. Um, or was it fifty five? Can't remember. Um, against the the Forty Niners. Um, just from a personal perspective, I'd I'd been a Chiefs fan for about eight or nine years at that point, and I'd mostly seen seen absolute rubbish. Um, and just to see Patrick Mahomes. Um, justify all the hype and 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 lift the Lombardi from a personal perspective. That was amazing. When if we're talking about Super Bowls in terms of from not from a personal perspective, that I think the Saints Super Bowl was was pretty special, particularly after the the destruction of Hurricane Katrina. Um, and it was nice to see Drew Brees finally get one. Um, that 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 one in particular sticks in definitely sticks in my mind. Was that the one with the onside kick at the start of the second half? It, yeah, at the start oh, of the second half, was, yeah. Yeah, it was. I, I wish I watched that. Like, I wish I was an NFL fan at that point or or proper diehard fan. And I, I do the same thing with the, the Giants wins over the Patriots. I wish I wish I was um, sort of of that era when I was actually... I, I'd love to watch that live. That would have been sensational. And yeah, Drew Brees for me, probably my favourite ever quarterback. He's the one that got me into the NFL. Um, so anything about Drew Brees is always good for me. And I'm sure that, you know, when the Super Bowl comes Miami's way... I'll be thinking of that probably probably more than probably more than the rest. Um now let's get back to the game. Um now Ollie, now I have to ask you because I'm aware that, you know, I'm going on to that Super Bowl actually. We people were calling Mahomes Dan Marino uh, at one point during that one against the Niners because they thought he'd be the one that wouldn't get the ring and all that. Uh but he overcame that. And Brock Purdy is, you know, doing similar things, but he's overcoming a lot of obstacles, whether that's also the whole Mr. Irrelevant thing keeps popping into people's minds. Uh, but you can't fault it. The last two games, he put up game-winning drives. Um, so, for you, Ollie, in terms of in terms of these game-winning drives that your team has had, um, is that we had mentioned for Mahomes giving him confidence, the fact that he's never really had a game where they've been in control of a game in the Super Bowl and they've overcome it. Do you think that almost the last two weeks has been better for the Niners because they've actually had to overcome adversity, Overcome leads and a particular line. Well, that was a real uh, few moment. I'd say in that one, that was and same with same with the Packers game. They could have really easily lost both of those games. So, do you think that's going to give the team? Because when they won reach Super Bowl and Super Bowl Fifty Four, they had a lot of quite easy games. The Packers game was quite comfortable. The Vikings game was comfortable as well. Do you think almost is better from now because they've had that adversity? They've had those games that they've had to come from behind. And do you think that will stand them in good stead come Sunday? The fact that they have done this in previous weeks. Yeah, to be honest, I think we needed it because the one big knock on Purdy before the playoffs started was he's never had a comeback drive. If the Niners, if the Niners go down, then they're effectively already beat. But Purdy's proven that that's not necessarily the case. And like, if you look at the Packers game, let's face it, for three and a half quarters, he was very poor. But then he turned it on when we needed it to. But the thing is, even if we're down, McCaffrey will probably have already scored a touchdown because it's like there's 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 three things in life that are guaranteed death taxes and McCaffrey to score a touchdown. So um we'll we'll even if we're down heavy, we prove that we can come back to it through just handing the ball off to McCaffrey a hundred times. I think Shalan always says if he can run the ball forty times, he's pretty confident we'll win a game. Yeah. I mean, he. It's amazing thinking about the trade that happened with the Panthers because, look back at now, he basically, he basically, basically, he basically swindled the Panthers. And I think 
you know, it was made in the fact that that trade was so low because of all the injuries he had. But since he joined the Niners, really he's had not really too many injury problems. Whereas when the Panthers, he had a good two, three year spell of just constantly getting injured. And I think that they're looking at it now and thinking, what have we done? Because, you know, and I, I get it because in the Panthers, he was the bell cow. Everything went for him. Whereas in the team now, he's got all different weapons so he can spread out a bit more. And I think that has actually been the best thing for him. And also better coaching will always help as well. Um, now, for you, um, David, now this is obviously, you know, we already talked about the run game of of the of the Niners with with um, you know McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell, but we mentioned before Pacheco is is a great runner. He's a, a different kind of runner, I'd say, to McCaffrey, a bit more of a, a aggressive sort of runner. But he again has been fantastic. Him and Rishi Rice have been absolutely fantastic in this entire playoff run, but particularly Pacheco has been absolutely brilliant. And I think we mentioned it last week, and I think it's going to be the same again. Do you see him? I think, you know, we look at Kelsey Mahomes, they're going to be able to be the key. And I think when it comes to the crunch, they're going to be the guys that do it. And I think defensively-wise, I think Chris Jones and maybe Chavis Ward are going to be the guys to, um, sorry, the Jarius Steed are going to be the guys to do it for you. But I think you got to look at it again. And the way he's gone in this playoff run, Pacheco has to be guys to look out for, for um, thinking for like DraftKings points or betting or just to winning this game. He's going to be just as key, isn't he? Yeah, I, I said it as much in the in the last um, pod when we were facing the Ravens that Pacheco would be one of the vital parts of of the offense and and the way that the Chiefs want to want to operate on offense. And you could see that he didn't necessarily have an outstanding game. I think he got eighty five, eighty nine yards. I think, um, but. Andy Reid kept feeding him the ball, even though he was getting short yardage gains, just to commit to the run so that the Ravens had to keep that in mind and couldn't just drop back and and, and cover everybody. Um, and I, I think that's, again, that's what I, what I said last time, is that they needed to put pressure on Mahomes. And I didn't think that they were able, they were going to be able to do that with four. Um, but also they had to... Um, Think about Pacheco in the run game, and that's what that's that was whole that, that was Reed's whole game plan of of implementing the run so that we could do other things, and and I think that's again that's the same type of thing that um Andy's Andy Reed's gonna, probably gonna try that again or something similar. Um, although as we know, Andy Reed on off a of bye week is probably he probably cooked up something crazy. <laughs> yeah, if it's Pacheco that beat us, that would be like a little dagger to my heart because he's one of my favourite players in the NFL that's not a Niners. <laughs> he's such an angry runner. I love him to bits because he's just he's just so aggressive and he just he'll find he'll find a hole and just run and he's it's like he, he, every day must be leg day for Pacheco because he that's that's all that's all he does is he carries people and, and gets those yards after con after contact. He's he, yeah, he's an insane running back. Yeah, I feel like I need to get in contact with this personal trainer because I feel like I need some sort of leg day like Pacheco's to get my my chicken legs <laughs> to normal to normal sort of size. <laughs> um, now, I, news came out recently, um, David, about Eric Bieniemy. Um, spoke to the offense the day before your AFC Championship game with with the Ravens. I mean, that's I, me. I think that's surprising. I, I think it's a nice touch, but I was surprised considering you know, he's a different team now. Um, Obviously, you don't seem to have missed him too much since he's been gone. Um, 
there was definitely TV problems <laughs> at the start of the season. Um, and with with we obviously even at the end of the season led the league in drop passes. Um, and but Matt Nagy obviously knows the 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 team and and has taken a little bit longer to bed back into the team. Um, the thing with the enemy is he's obviously his roots are, are still definitely embedded within the Chiefs. And I don't know what his situation is with the commanders, but he's been overlooked for literally every head coaching job. And there must be reasons for that. Um, obviously, there's questions over things in his personal life. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the thing for me is the lead into the playoffs and the run that they've had going into the not not just I think it was after the Raiders game if I'm being honest the Raiders game on Christmas on Christmas Day where the Raiders absolutely outplayed us and I think that was that was when the reset button was was pressed and since then it's been impressive on on both accounts and it's not necessarily been a high scoring game on in any of the games but it's certainly been tough physical, aggressive, um, pragmatic football. Yeah. Andy, I think you're the only one that had a good Christmas in terms of NFL, wasn't it? I don't know about I don't know about that actually. Yeah, I, I had a good first four five minutes when you know, Jason Sanders kicked over the at the field goal. But um yeah, since then it was pretty bad. The rest of the season was pretty bad after that. That was almost the last <laughs> last good moment I had of um of sports well obviously NFL wise, yeah that was uh, that was a real um, false dawn, I think, when he beat the Cowboys. I had, I had a great Christmas, and then it got ruined at the end. <laughs> well, well, you're still standing, unlike most NFL fans. So I think that's that's the most important thing. Um, speaking of which, actually, you may as well. We are running low on time on the recording. I'm just going to quickly get you guys' predictions. I'm going to save mine for part two, but um, Ollie will stick with you for your prediction for Sunday's game. I am, although I'm not. That competent, I am going to go a Niners win. I'll say 37-31. McCaffrey to score two touchdowns and over 150 yards from scrummage and to win Super Bowl MVP. Good. That's, that's a good prediction. I like that. David, yours? Um, I don't think it'll be a mega high-scoring affair. There's not a single team that have scored more than 30 points against the Chiefs this season. So, um, I, think it, I think it'll be a Chiefs win. I've been more confident of this than any other Super Bowl that we've Play that I've experienced as a fan, um, and I think it'll be 27 23 to the Chiefs. Okay, brilliant. Well, that's uh, a great prediction, and you know, I'm really intrigued to see what happens. I think we all know if you listen to my previous podcast, we all know where I'm going. I am cheering on the Niners just because I don't like a team winning it twice in a row. Nothing against you guys. I like my homes, I like the team, but. Yeah, hopefully, Ollie, you're right, but I guess we'll see. But in the meantime, this has been the end of part one uh, with Ollie and David. First of all, thank you both for coming on today. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. Well, the pleasure's all mine, boys. And obviously, we'll be getting you both on, I'm sure, again next season. Uh, we have only got one episode left. This is this is actually episode 100 of the series. Um, so what a way to um, get that one done. Um, but we are going to go on to part two in a minute. Before we do that, we're going to bring you some predictions via video notes or video messages, I should say, from previous previous guests on the show, friends of the show, famous faces. So here's some predictions. First of all, with Love Island and Sky Sports, Josh Denzel. Yes, mate. My prediction for 
this year's Super Bowl has to be. I can't argue against the Chiefs. They've been there, they've done it before. I think it's going to be one step too far for the 49ers and Brock Purdy. Uh, I, think the, I think the Chiefs are going to put up 24 uh, and I think they're going to hold the 49ers to a measly 10 points. Hey everyone, it's Adam here from the Franchise Tag and I've got my Super Bowl prediction for you for this Sunday's big game between the 49ers and the Chiefs. I'm going to go for the Chiefs win. I think that the one thing that we've learned in the playoffs this year is that whether home or away, you do not bet against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. The 49ers have struggled a little bit. They've given up points to the Packers. They've given up points to the Lions as well. And so I think this Chiefs offense and defense as well that's been very good is going to do enough in order to stop them from being able to really have much of an impact against the Chiefs. I think it's going to be tight. I don't think it's going to be a particularly high-scoring game. I like 24-21 to the Chiefs. One guy that I think you really need to look out for, Chiefs running back, Isaiah Pacheco. He's going to have a great game. You saw when the 49ers played the Lions that they were capable of running not only out wide, but also in the box as well. And so I think that the Chiefs and definitely Pacheco is going to have a great game. And Patrick Mahomes is going to be lifting that Lombardi once again. Hello, guys. It's Fletcher. Very excited for the Super Bowl. I can't believe the season's over already. It's gone by so fast. Um, but with that in mind, I'm going to predict a 27-23 win to the Chiefs. For me, it's one of them. I'll never bet against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They just didn't know how to get the job done. And I don't think I can never bet against them. As good as the 49ers are, and as much as they're a better team than a few years ago, and it's going to be a much closer game. So I can't. I'm not. I'm not counting them out at all. But I, I do think the Chiefs just just take it home. Um, but more importantly, I'm just I'm looking forward to a great game of football. Two high high octane teams that are going to give us I think a, a full night of. Your excitement. So, I think more than anything, football wins. Football will win this game. It'd be well worth staying up for, and definitely don't turn it off before the game is definitely over. Well, hello, it's Luke Campbell here. Um, this time last year, I was getting ready to go to the Super Bowl in Arizona, and I've still got the the uh, memento from it. Um, so last year, the the Chiefs won, and actually. It was quite a, a, a bit of a shock to a lot of people, I think. I think a lot of people expected the Eagles to win. This year, a lot of people are expecting it to be closer than it is. But I I don't think the Chiefs are the same team. Although you can't ever write off Mahomes, but I just don't think they're the same team. And I don't think they have the same calibre of offence, unfortunately. So I think that the 49ers are going to win. I think they're going to win by 10 points. And my prediction for the score is 31-21. to 21. And uh, I've actually got money on it, so there you go. So that's how confident I feel. But come on, wish I was going to the Super Bowl this year right enough. Cheers. Hi guys, Charlie Grace here. I've featured on the podcast earlier in the season. Um, my prediction, I'm going to take Kansas City 24, uh, 28-24 over the Niners. Being a Broncos fan, once you lose 16 straight, you know, it's never, never right to count the Chiefs out. And I think a bit of Patrick Mahomes magic will get them across the line. Hey, this is Alan, big Dallas Cowboys fan out in Bedfordshire. Just thinking about the big game, and I fancy the team in red, Kansas City Chiefs. The love story continues. 
no one expected them to get here. Probably one of their wildest dreams to make it this far, a bit like last year. You know, they got Patrick Mahomes, he's obviously the best quarterback playing on the day. I think if the Chiefs need a bit of magic, then he's the man to provide it and get the win. If I was going to go for a score, I'm going to go 30 points to 22. Enjoy the game. Hi Andy, thank you for um, asking me to put my prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, I am generally looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a great matchup, a lot better than people are predicting it to be. Um, I think it's going to be very heavily 49er influence, looking at what they went through uh, on Monday whenever Mahomes or Kelsey or any of the Chiefs players were on the um, on the stage, stage asking questions. They got heavily booed. So I think that if that's the case, I think it could play in Kansas City's favour. And again, you can't go against Mahomes in playoff football. You know, he is in line to be take over Tom Brady, in line to be the greatest of all time, have all the records in postseason, preseason going forward. And look how much that off chief offense has improved and that defense is brilliant. You know, Trent McDuffie. Willie Gay, Chris Jones, um, Willie Sneed and all that. Like, uh, you've got some great players on that defense side of the ball and the offense has stepped up. Pacheco runs angry at the ground, love him. Kelsey's found his form. Rashi Rice is now Patrick Mahomes' go-to note receiver. Uh, MVS has now stepped up a lot of levels. So they are going to cause Chiefs, uh, Niners a lot of problems. But then you've got that stacked... Niners offense you know you've got Kittle you've got Ayuk you've got Debo you've got then you've got of course Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy doesn't seem to throw the ball away doesn't make silly throws doesn't make risk high risky throws they are calculated risks almost dare to say it Tom Brady-esque who would very make very little mistakes um I did see a Madden's prediction earlier on. I'm not going to go quite as high as that. I think I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Casey to win. 33-30 with Harrison Butker's score, the last second field goal to win it. So pretty much like last season. But I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be end-to-end. But I've got a Chiefs to win 33-30. My name is Marit Larwood. I am 73% psychic, and my Super Bowl prediction is Chiefs 31, 49ers 27. I don't know why I did that in a robot voice, but it means it will definitely come true. What's going on, everyone? Keg here, the Panthers Magpie. On location here at Anarchy Brewery in Newcastle, just finished filming episode three of the Magpie Channel podcast. Yeah, to give you my Super Bowl prediction, and I'm I'm torn with this one. I don't know. Um, my heart is with the 49ers here in my Christy McCaffrey jersey. Long-term fan of Christy McCaffrey. Absolutely love the guy, and for me, probably best player in the league. My offensive MVP this season. Um, Steve Wilkes as well, defensive coordinator, ex-Panther. And you can't forget Sam Darnold, backup quarterback over there in San Francisco. I love the 49ers. They've been my favourite team in the league for the last couple of years, even more so when McCaffrey went over there. So I'm rooting for them. I'm going to bring my red jersey out. I've got a Kaepernick jersey, controversial, but never mind. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be supporting the 49ers. 
but my head says Kansas City Chiefs. That just in the early years of their dynasty, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, that is hard to beat. They're basically Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the old school Patriots. I just think that's where they are right now. So yeah, hard 49ers, but my prediction is a Kansas City Chiefs win. And thank you, Keg, for your prediction for the game. Uh, we are now in part two of our Super Bowl 58 preview. And with me, I've got two OGs of the podcast, two regulars, pretty much with me from, since the start. With me today is Niners fans, first of all, Paul Hope. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good, Andy. In ah, fact, you've used it. You've used you could the slogan. Say, I'm feeling super. <laughs> There's a story behind that, Brad, and we'll get to that in a moment, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm it's, looking forward um, to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping the story, the reason behind it, it continues for the reason why. Um, in the other end of the corner, in the more red and yellow, more than red and gold corner, with me today is Chiefs fan Brad Simcox, returning to the show. Brad, how are you? Oh, I'm feeling villainous right now. I really am. <laughs> oh, you are. It's amazing what a difference four years makes. I remember four years ago, exact same match uh, at that point, you know, both teams hadn't won Super Bowl in years, but uh, I was all I was well on Patrick Mahomes' train at that point. I was really cheering him on, and you know, I was almost the to me, the Niners were the, the villains because I thought they had more chance to come back than the Chiefs at that point. Fast forward four years, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the team. I, I couldn't think of anything worse than seeing the Chiefs win. No offense to you, but <laughs> it's just. I hate teams winning back-to-back thing in any sport. I hate City for that reason. I hate just teams winning multiple. I like different teams winning it. I've never seen the Niners. I was aware of them um, in the Super Bowl years ago, but I've never actually seen them in my lifetime live to Super Bowls, I think, for that reason alone. Um, more than, obviously, me and Paul's friendship. It's it's just, for me, it's just, I like seeing different teams winning, and I just don't want the same team winning again. I'm, I'm just bored of the Chiefs now. I'm sorry to say, Brad, I want it to be... Different teams, but you know, if it was, if it was my team evolved, I, I'd be loving it. So fair play, you got. I was going to say, I I used to be really hating dominant teams, but I, I, right now, I don't know. I just I just feel a, you know, I feel like I respect them a bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's everyone hate. I think in any sport, you you hate dominance. I remember hating Roger Federer years ago when he kept winning Wimbledon's. Looking back at it, Tiger Woods as right, well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Better is a lot, a lot nicer guy than Tiger Woods, but <laughs> I don't know why I hate it because you know, I think in sport you want to have these figures that are like the great. You know, you think of like Tom Brady. Mm. That, that obviously that was, for me that was especially horrible, but at the same time you got to appreciate what he's done, and that's obviously you're witnessing greatness. I think it is the same thing as Mahomes, and I do feel that he is potentially going to be a top three callback of all time if he wins on Sundays. So I think we've got to appreciate. Um, yeah, we've got to appreciate what he's doing really, and and how he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Six six straight years, AFC championships, won four of them, lost two, and lost his two in overtime. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy what he's doing. Now, I want to ask you boys a question first of all that I didn't actually ask anyone in the first part. Um, where you're watching Super Bowl now? I know where you're watching it, Paul. So, Paul, for those who don't know and those who maybe want to try and attend it, where are you watching the game on Sunday? Yeah, so we have close links with the 49ers organisation and they're throwing another official watch party for us. A connection with Leeds United may not be to everyone's cup of tea, but they tried to get a venue in London after the NFC Championship game and the message was there's like 48 watch parties in London. Wherever venue they wanted wasn't there. So we're going to be at the Centurion Suite at Elland Road on Sunday. 500 tickets were available. I'm expecting 500. I say 500 faithful. 
I know there's a couple of Cowboys fans coming, and I'll get to that in a moment. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And I just want to say before Brad answers, I wish I could hate the Chiefs, but I don't. And if you've tuned in tonight for any trash talking, you've come to the wrong show. <laughs> I oh, you've Brad. let me down. <laughs> I watched Brad and Keith on another show earlier in the week. Now, we'll, we'll get into it, Brad. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to come on the show and say, oh, Mahomes is rubbish and Kelsey's rubbish. But there's kind of a strange reversing roles. We were the villains two weeks ago against the Lions. The whole country want the Lions mm-hmm. to win. So like you said, a bit weird coming into this one and people being like, we don't want the Chiefs to win because they win too much. I'll take it. <laughs> Now, Paul, I will ask. I think I saw it was the Lee Gal and the Flackers talking about this about the Leeds curse. Now, there's uh, I. Whenever I see you in Leeds, okay. you lose okay. these games. Um, oh. You think you can? I know you won last time. I think you had a watch party in Leeds for the Lions game, which almost was again another loss, which should have been really. Um, do you, does that worry you at all? The whole the whole Leeds curse at Forty Nine of Faithful UK. Well, we can't control where the organisation put a watch party. I've I've seen Brad and the Chiefs do similar things. So it originated six, seven years ago. We have our group, 49 Faithful UK, and a few of us would meet up and watch a game. A few of us would meet up at the end of the season and watch a Super Bowl. And then obviously the Niners got the UK marketing right about 18 months ago. And when your team you love reach out and say, all right, guys, can we work with you? Can we put on some watch parties? Now, the coincidence is every time we had a watch party in Leeds, we lost. However, Brad, every time we've had a playoff watch party in Leeds, we've won. Now, granted, yeah. we only had one. I wasn't <laughs> there because I work and family commitments. But Lee Gowland, who's the president, my good friend, he actually hosted the event on the night. So not only were we there kind of like supporting the Niners all the way through, we actually kind of took control. And it's going to be something similar on Sunday. I'm not an alcohol drinker. So I've been roped into doing some interviews with Five Live, BBC Tees, wow. Leeds United at half 10 on Sunday night. So I'm not quite sure, Brad, what they're going to be able to ask me because I'll have a set of headphones in and 500 <laughs> people going mental. But we're taking over Leeds early on. We're heading into city centre early doors. So if you're in or around Leeds, if you're an NFL fan, you'll come say hello. Head to the head of steam mid-afternoon. We're going to be there at about 7, 8 o'clock. And then we're heading over to Elland Road. You do need a ticket. To come to the watch party, it's £11, but for that you get a free pint, you get some chips, I believe, and you get entry in. Now, the Niners don't usually charge for these, but we did say for the Super Bowl, most places charge. And the reason mm. we did that is Leeds United fans seem to take advantage of these free tickets to sign up for them and then never turn up. So this way, the charges meant the diehards are going to be there because, let's face it, 11.30 on a Sunday night, you're only going to be there if you want to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, or, or you're a massive Taylor Swift fan. Maybe that that's going to definitely win, <laughs> I think, this year. Um, now, Brad, of course, um, you are see a regular in Super Bowl watch parties involving your team, but where are you watching it on Sunday? Well, believe it or not, I'm going to be down the canal. I'm going to be at Liverpool um, at the Albert Docks, the famous Albert Docks. Um, we've got Arrowheads Abroad have put together a, a meet-up there. It's not as many as what um, the 49ers faithful have got there, but... Um, it's it's good because it's a good, you know, very close-knit bunch of lads who, uh, who go, well, men and women go. Um, and we've been over to Dublin. We did that last year and that was a fantastic night. So we just thought, you know what, let's meet up again somewhere and make it quite like equidistant to uh, to everybody else. And it's, it turns out Liverpool was the choice. So, um, yeah, we get loud and proud. We really do. Um, Chiefs fans, you know, 
we're very loud and wherever we go and uh, we, honestly we took over Dublin it was only a small group it was about 30 maybe 35 of us but um we really took over that uh, that I think it was the wool shed in uh, in Dublin and uh, I think we sang right through the night so hopefully we get another kind of similar outcome this time and uh, none of us actually fall in the docks well, funny thing, like I'm actually going to be in Liverpool myself on Saturday. I'm going to be watching Liverpool Burnley at Anfield. Um, so we'll but two of the three of us are going to be in Liverpool that weekend. So that's um, <laughs> that you're um, join us. You're going to have to watch us, Andy. Come on. I, I'd rather not watch the Chiefs to be honest. With I'd rather just <laughs> don't be like that. If I'm if I'm going to deal with Phil McCann gloating my face, I don't want to have to deal with that in person. I'd rather be <laughs> on Messenger. So uh... <laughs> see, I've got a double whammy. I've got Brad who I follow on Twitter, and are you aware of the Chiefs Kingdom Live lads who were based out yes. with this, Brad? Yeah, yeah. So Mr. Smug, Mr. Rogers is a friend that I connected with many years ago. Brilliant. Ahead of the, the first Super Bowl between the teams. And he always reaches out about this time of the year. So I, I tuned into their show the other night, cheeky plug out to them. They went on with uh, John V, who runs the locker room rant, who's a Niners fan. And they just, you say trash talk, they did spend two hours digesting the game, but it descended into trash talk. But it's <laughs> difficult, Andy, because we love the NFL. You know, you're one of my good friends, you're a Dolphins fan. When you were putting the show together, you were like, you've got a Chiefs fan. I'm not going to lie, I was like, please can it be Brad? I haven't done a show with Brad for ages. And then on Tuesday, when I saw you and Keith breaking the team down, I was like, this is brilliant. This is my homework all at once. I was like writing notes down. I was in the chat. And so, yeah, the only thing you didn't bring tonight, Brad, is your fire cabinet. I'm not going to lie, buddy, when I saw the Lombardi trophy in your cabinet on Tuesday. And then hearing Mahomes talk about his Super Bowl week routine as if yes. it's something he does every single day. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know you're catching me now, right, right now, without any Chiefs gear on, which is probably very, very uh, unusual for me because I'm normally dripping in the stuff. I'm normally, <laughs> I'm normally uh, wearing a hoodie or I'm wearing a jacket or I'm wearing a hat or I'm a t-shirt or something. You know, I've got something on me all the time that's Chiefs stuff. But this time, I don't know what it is. I think I've just felt as though I've just wanted to be a bit more relaxed, a bit more calmer about it because we're only a few days away now, and it's um, you know, it's it's getting to that point now, isn't it? I don't know if you you're the same, Paul. It's like you feel like the nerves are starting to jangle a little bit more now. Yeah, we normally record our preview pod on a Thursday night, the 49 Affair for UK. There's the four of us. We moved it to Friday. I was in the yeah. office today. The missus texted me, you've got a delivery. 20 Super Bowl programs have turned up because oh. I did uh, a block booking with Stateside. So I'm taking them down to Leeds. So obviously got him from work, opened them up. And like, yeah. like I said, Rod, you're starting to kind of, I'm seeing more proper football content. The Super Bowl live stuff at the start of the week. The only bit mm -hmm. I enjoyed was that little kid, Jeremiah. And when he interviewed Patrick and he was putting together yeah. his fantasy team and Patrick yeah, that was good. the obvious players and the little kid was going, damn it, Patrick, you picked my <laughs> player. And But now we're seeing real football news. We're seeing Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid. We're seeing the practice reports. And I am nervous. I mean, obviously you're going up against the reigning champs. The pressure for me is on your, your side of the coin. We are the underdogs in my eyes, you know. Weirdly enough, I was cheering the Chiefs on last Super Bowl for obvious reasons, make no apologies, Eagles fans. I was very happy that the Chiefs won. But obviously, I'm at roles reverse this year. Well, I do have a shout out to Fins Nation UK. Talking about UK fan groups, I'll be watching the game with a few from Fins Nation UK. 
Um, a few being in partners, including myself. My girlfriend is coming, and despite popular belief, I do have a girlfriend. It is girls I'm interested in, which not everyone believes on on socials. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be. Um, I've never watched it in Cardiff before, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, it should be a great experience. But the game itself, of course, is Sunday. As mentioned in part one, it is in Las Vegas um, at the Legion Stadium, which probably kills a lot of Raiders fans having to see both the Niners and the Chiefs playing in their stadium in the Super Bowl. Um, we talked about a part one about both quarterbacks overcoming adversity to reach a stage. Look at Brock Purdy. First of all, Mr. Relevant, that whole tag on him. You look at last year, the NFC title game against the Eagles when he got injured and the whole injury, just the whole thing just collapsed. And this season, you look at the two playoff games, um, you look at the fact that Packers, fourth quarter comeback, Lions basically over, overcame a 17-point deficit in the space of just a few minutes against the Lions. And the Chiefs, first time at home on a, a road playoff game, uh, first time in a while actually being the underdogs in a couple of playoff games uh, this season. Um, and both, of course, on my home suit bowls, you know, he's never really was in the game at all against Buccaneers a few years ago. Against the Niners four years ago, you were 20 points, 10 down in the fourth quarter, I believe, seven minutes to go. And then in the Eagles game, I believe you only took the lead in the whole game with Harrison Beck to game when he kicked. So both these callbacks, I think we, you know, I've, I've mentioned again, get your bingo card out, I've mentioned this again. We've seen Dak Prescott to uh, um, other callbacks, you know, fail to really do it in the postseason as opposed to the regular season. Whereas, you know, Mahomes didn't have his best season and Purdy, you know, had, had, a, had a decent regular season, but he wasn't like, in the upper echelon with you know, CJ Strouds or the Mar Jacksons or Josh Allen's and all that. And but yet come playoff time, same with Eli Manning and Joe Flacco, he's turning it up and he's turning on when it matters. I think that for me is is more important to me than how they perform in the regular season. And I think I would take I would take that over anything like like a DAC or two had been this year in terms of never redoing it when it matters. But do you think that I'll go to you first, Paul? You know, four years ago you really had an easy run to Bolton. You you breezed past the Vikings, you breezed past the Packers, and you were breezing past the Chiefs for a lot of the game. And then, obviously, disaster struck. And after the fast forward to this year, you were down against the Packers, you came back. You were down against the um, Lions, and you came back. So do you think almost that's going to stand you in good stead? Because I think as we were talking about part one, I think there's nine players who were part of the Super Bowl squad four years ago. Do you think that that sort of, ability to overcome adversity as well as what happened last season as well um do you think that's going to stand you in good stead more than it would have done four years ago the fact you've got more experience and you've had those um setbacks i mean brock purdy mr irrelevant he's been overcoming adversity since day one you know we all know the story of brady chip on his shoulder um i don't know if you've heard this before brad but when cmc was traded we weren't allowed to physically give him the playbook until he passed his medical. And ironically, we were playing the Chiefs. So CMC lands in San Francisco late Friday, passes his medical. Saturday, Kyle Shanahan's like, yeah, we're going to play this kid, but we need to give him a watered-down version of the playbook. The only player available to go through these players was Brock Purdy. And apparently from the second they stepped on the practice field, Purdy was bossing CMC about... He was giving him the lingo. He was giving him the play calling. And per, uh, CMC had actually gone back and said, bloody hell, this, this kid, someone to watch out for. And their chemistry started there. So I just wanted to get that early on because a lot of the talk I've seen, not from Brad, but some of the Chiefs fans, is obviously Purdy came in that game. That was garbage time. You can't take anything from 
that game. Yes, Purdy technically played Mahomes. Now that day, Patrick Mahomes showed the world what an elite quarterback looks like. He was surgical. He was different to the Patrick Mahomes I remember from the Super Bowl. And that's why I've started with this. He wasn't running around. He wasn't doing the Hollywood passes. He was just, he picked us apart that day. And he picked on Chavarius Ward. I think we got beat 44, 20 or something. But I remember after that game thinking, wow, if that's the standard, we're a million miles off that. And then obviously Brock Purdy gets his real start. And Dandy's Dolphins, he always rolls his eyes. Thank you very much for that. I was waiting for that. <laughs> so, but it's relevant because we had people at the stadium and when Jimmy went off, the texts were coming through, that's it, season's done, lads. Third-choice quarterback's coming out. Yeah, What's he going to do? And there was one player where he looked like a rabbit in the headlights and he went to escape out the pocket and the two edge rushers from the Dolphins were there in his face and we were all thinking, oh, please don't get injured. And I remember going on our pod, Brad, saying, He's not poised enough in the pocket for me. He's panicking. And then against the Buccaneers a week later, it was as if he listened to what we said. He was stepping up into the pocket rather than escaping it. And he's continued to surprise week in, week out. You look at whatever metric you want to pick, he passes EPA. And I know you've just said there, you don't look at regular season, Andy, but Purdy was the EPA king of the regular season. He was producing numbers comparable to the best, Montana, Brady, Manning. But the poor season... Similar to the Chiefs, I said a couple of weeks ago when it all just settled, it was in the playoffs. Mahomes scares me the most. And I got laughed at because a lot of people didn't think the Chiefs were going to do anything. And I was like, been there before. You get the Chiefs in the playoffs, you've got Patrick Mahomes. He's the reason for me the Chiefs win on Sunday. He's got that star power. We just hope Brock Purdy isn't overawed by the occasion. He does what he's done best. Get the ball out to his playmakers. Don't wilt under the pressure, which I don't think he will. And that's why I've started with his first adversity from day one. And Carl Shanahan trusts that kid as much as Andy Reid trusts Patrick Mahomes. And we've not had that. We went into that Super Bowl in Miami despite Jimmy G, not because of Jimmy G. And you had to bring up the last quarter, didn't you, Andy? Erased from my memory. It was going all right. It was going all right. You had to bring that up, didn't you? The light came on in Newcastle. There was about 45 of the UK faithful and we were just looking at each other. You said it better than me. The game was in the bag. We, we thought number six was coming home and I don't think we'd fully recovered, but I like the way that we've battled adversity. The only worry I've got is so is the Chiefs. Could the Chiefs do it on the road? Went into uh, Buffalo, did it there. Went into the Ravens, did it there. Miami, everyone was like, oh, these are the new kids on the block. You know, they've got Mike McDaniel and I'm like, kind of wish the Chiefs had a bit of an easier run to, to the Super Bowl than what they've had, if that answers your question a different way. Yeah, I mean, the the Ravens game, I, I think, was a missed chance for the Ravens because they shut the Chiefs out in the entire second quarter. And, and you know, and we've seen, I think, the Dolphins shut the Chiefs out in Germany. And um, does that almost worry you, Brad? I mean, we can talk, we talk about Mahomes. We know, we know how good he is. We've talked about him enough times. But does that worry you at all, the fact that, he played against uh, injury hit Dolphins, um, and then the next the Bills game. The Bills game was was um, a great win, but obviously the Ravens game they really didn't really turn up on offense. So, do you think that like we talk about the Niners having an easy run four years ago, and also you were there for the Super Bowl win against the uh, against the Niners? But do you think almost that could be something that goes against you? The fact that you haven't really you you, you stumbled toward the end, and then get to playoffs, you did have a quite an easy run or do you think that it's it's Mahomes it's Kelsey Sandy Reid whoever you play 
you're going to be fine. Well, first off, I wouldn't say it was an easy run going against the Bills and the Ravens and the Dolphins on the road. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 been a, a strange old season because we've expected or we've been accustomed to a lot of Mahomes led offenses that have just been just lights out. Just, you know, if you score one, we'll score two. That you know, it, it just seems as though that was the mentality with the with the offense. And things have changed quite a bit this year. Um and a lot of people are probably, you know, attribute that towards the fact that they've lost Tyreek Hill. They have, they've lost that that big game player that can just literally turn a game on his head, as you saw in the Super Bowl Fifty Four. He's one of those players that will do that. And you know, you've got Mahomes with a weapon like that. It's gonna, you know, it it you can win games almost every time. But what Mahomes or the Mahomes version you're seeing now. It's strange. A lot of Chiefs fans have been almost calling it almost like Brady-esque in a way. He's not been forcing the ball as much. Um, and I think he's learned from past experiences that trying to force the game and trying to take the game on yourself is going to, you're going to get in the way of the team more than more often than enough. And I think this season, Although we've seen a lot of wide receiver drops and everything like that, and that's kind of you know contributed to the the, the Chiefs kind of um, spluttering start, I suppose, throughout the season. You are seeing Mahomes now really kind of taking care of the ball a lot more. He's reading and understanding defenses a lot more. He's working it out. His brain now seems as though it is almost on the level of the greats, where he is starting to think and see the game completely different. A bit like you know, like Neo in the Matrix, and he suddenly sees the green the green writing and the green, you know, the green cord and everything like that. This, it feels like Mahomes is seeing that now. And he's, he's proven a lot of doubters. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's really just brought his game up, even though it doesn't look flashy and it doesn't look like he's got the Hollywood passes anymore. He's still got it in his locker and he can still do it. You saw that game uh, against the Ravens, you know, he was scrambling around in the pocket and then he tossed it to tell it to Kelsey and he, Kelsey did that amazing catch. You still see that, and he still he can still extend the players, but he's not having to do it as often because he is reading the game a lot easier now and a lot better. But the big thing for this is obviously he's understanding that it's not just about him anymore; it's actually the rest of the team, and you can see him working with the rest of the team. He's even you know giving the defense pointers in training and stuff like. That. There's a, there's nice little footage of him and Kelsey showing uh, Justin Reed just you know, how he's going to actually cover Kelsey. And Kelsey's actually telling him the tips. He's saying, I don't like to go this way or I don't like to go that way or I don't like doing that and I don't like doing that. So if I do that, just do it. You know, do something or do, you know, giving him the pointers where he's going to really kind of affect him in the game where he's playing against similar types of players in Kelsey. So, yeah, to answer the answer the question, really, I'm I'm not that, upset that we're getting this version of Mahomes because it, it does seem, as Paul says, more of a clinical Mahomes now rather than just F it Tyreek's down there somewhere. You know, it, it's it's that kind of player now where he's learned the game. He's very much a student of the game, but he's mastering it a lot more and he's he's understood that it is all about a team game. It's not about just throwing long bombs and doing the Hollywood flash passes anymore. So you said yeah. mastered. Would you argue that Mahomes is managing the game better, Brad? Get well, this is it. Because you, know, you look, you look you, at the you stats. You could say that. You could you say know. that. I mean, you know, the game managers. I mean, is Tom Brady a game manager? 
You could argue that. I, you know, I, he's, I hate he's... that argument so much. I, I did because I think that he, he led the league in passing. I think two multiple times, and you know, I, I, mm. I, I, I think the whole system callback thing is the latest thing because every yeah, quarterback is. is a system callback. Everyone's playing in a system, so I used to always hate that. But <laughs> I, I do love the fact that you know we talk about Mahomes and Brady comparisons. Brady also the contract thing. But when the Holmes had that deal, whatever year it was, when he got given the idea, the 10-year deal, everyone's like, oh, my God, this is way too much money. It's going to affect the team. But really, look at it now and how it's gone since. He's, I think, I want to say he's now, he's doing like the 16th most paid, highest paid callback in terms of average yearly salary or something. There's some type of salary stat where he's the 16th most. So, you know. Well, they readjusted it. They readjusted it recently. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was after um, Joe Burrow got his big deal. And then it was like, right, okay, well, we're going to throw in a big deal as well. I've no idea why they did that, to be honest. I've no idea why they did it. But um, clearly, they've managed to navigate around the, the, the cap a little bit more. But I still think that he could probably take a bit more of a team friendly deal, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah, probably, probably <laughs> um, we're going to switch from offense to defense because I think two stars I think on offense that could be key are both the running backs and McCaffrey and Pacheco if they're going to be stopped I think we're going to see big games from the likes of Chris Jones and Nick Bosa now I think for me I think this is I think you look at the I think the tight end battle is fascinating look at Kittle against Kelsey uh, I call it the, the people's tight end against the best ever tight end of all time uh, but I, I think equally on defense I think I think you look at the whole. I don't think the. I think the, the Chiefs' pass defense is better than the 49ers' defense. I think we're going to see a lot more success when it comes to the Niners' run game. But I think equally, Pacheco has been so good in these playoffs. I think he's going to be such a big part of this game. So Nick Bosa and Jones are going to really have their work cut out cut out in the in these four quarters. So, so Paul, for you, um, is Nick Bosa the most crucial player on Sunday, or are you looking at someone like Jadavius Ward or? Fred Warner, who do you think can be the, the most likely candidate from your defence to stop Mahomes, to stop Kelsey, to stop Pacheco and everyone else? You can't stop them, the NFL. Now, Borsa probably won't be the main one that the Chiefs are factoring in. It's going to be Fred Warner, it's going to be Dre Greenlaw. And I'm not having a dig at Mahomes here, just bear with me, I've done my homework. But when you look at how the Chiefs have played this year, Mahomes has led the NFL in percentage of passes that were screens at 15.7%. And I hate that term, game manager. He gets the ball out quick, as you've said, Brad, to his playmakers. He puts the ball in his playmakers' hands. Now, we're not going to stack the box. We're not going to put eight against Patrick Mahomes. Pacheco is a good running back. Now, I don't think he's as explosive as the Lions players. I'm not saying Pacheco's good. The Lions players definitely expose that kind of soft zone mesh scheme that Wilkes likes to do. Wilkes likes to kind of set it up where you're not going to beat me deep. Okay, let's see what you've got in the running game. And Dan Campbell was very aggressive. Now, I think Andy Reid, very similar to Carl Shanahan. We're going to see a lot of screens. We're going to see a lot of orbits. We're going to see a lot of jet sweeps. MVS still gives me nightmares of that game where he's got like three <laughs> touchdowns in a row off yeah. a jet sweep. But I think Travis Kelsey at Fred Warner is going to be the battle for me. I don't think he's going to go man-to-man. But I think Fred Warner is the leader of our defence. He's got better and better every week this season. Drake Greenlaw has kind of got that aggress- aggression right. There was a time last year where Greenlaw would spill over. You could wind him up. But I think our linebackers versus, as you said, Andy, Travis Kelsey, probably one of the best tight ends in the league. I'm a Niners fan, Brad. I can't quite say he's better than Kittle. You, you know this. We've got to keep our loyalty somewhere. 
But equally, um, we know where the ball's going. We know it's going to Kelsey. We know it's going to Rice. We know it's going to Pacheco. Uh, and like you said, I, I just hope Wilkes doesn't kind of come in with the same attitude that he did against the line. Like, this is my defence and I'm not going to change anything to halftime. We can't go 17 points behind to the Chiefs. We can't mm. get into a shootout, go toe-to-toe. Um, so that's the battle I'm looking for. And I've got a lot of respect for the Chiefs' defensive coordinator, which we'll get onto. I can't pronounce his name, but the it's Chiefs' Spagnolo, defense yeah. impresses yeah. me. You haven't got... Chris Jones is amazing. The way you beat Chris Jones is similar to what we do to Aaron Donald. You either run straight at him to kind of like, right, here we are, or you move the ball away from him. And you go the opposite side... You've got Trent Williams, you've got George Kittle, you've got Charlie Warner, and you let CMC go the opposite way. Chris Jones is a beast of a man. He's one of my favourite players in the NFL. And he just, I seen him stood next to Fred Warner at the opening night. I was like, the hell. I wouldn't fancy him chasing after me, but I'm confident in Purdy. He's the most blitzed quarterback in the league this year. He's handled the pressure. Um, and I think what we've got, which the Chiefs fans have already alluded to, under Jimmy, the new daren't throw it. Brock Purdy can air that ball out. So it's going to be an interesting battle. I just want us to run the ball, as you probably can guess, Andy. <laughs> run CMC. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the way you beat the Chiefs and Mahomes, you have to put them under pressure. I talked about the stats with the screen player, and I'm not saying he's a game manager. It's not dink or dunk. He's done what he's done well. But to combat this offence, Steve Wilkes has to change it up. Like I was saying, you can't go soft zone against these boys now. To combat a team that plays a lot of screens, you go man-to-man. Now, that seems quite easy, doesn't it, Brad? Oh, we'll just go man-to-man against the Chiefs. You have to have the personnel to do that. And that's where I think Warner and Greenlaw come into this more than Bosa. We do need to make Mahomes under pressure. Now, what the Niners have done this year differently, which I'm not sure Chiefs fans are aware, when we came to the Super Bowl last time, it was all about the front seven. It was all about those pass rushes getting to Mahomes. And he was like bloody Superman. He was just running around... But what we did against Jalen Hurts, and that links into my Purdy good, Brad, this time last year, well, the NFC Championship game last year, I came on Andy's show, and I was very respectful to the Eagles fan. And I didn't come on and say Purdy good and feeling super confident. And Andy has always reminded me that the one time I come on his show and I don't mention a quip, doesn't do me so well. But you don't <laughs> blitz Mahomes, Andy. Reed has a a different screen up his sleeve to beat the Blitz. This year it's different. Kelsey isn't separating like he once was, but that's not a knock on Kelsey. Go and watch the game tape. He just doesn't run routes, but he gets open. I, mm. I just don't understand it. You know, you watch Brandon Ayu run a route perfectly, and then you watch Kelsey just kind of like jog into the end zone. And you think, <laughs> why aren't you picking up 87? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm seeing that. The loss of your left guard only makes going after Mahomes a bit more enticing for me. So Joe Thurney is a big loss for you boys. And for me, you take away that his first or second option. I looked at the stats when the teams have rushed five against the Chiefs. You've only been 26th overall in EPA per player. Now again, that's Patrick Mahomes and I'm going off regular season stats. Uh, you look what the Ravens did to you guys in the second half. I was quite impressed with how they shut you down. But do we have the personnel to do that? I don't know. If Mahomes puts together a 10-play drive where he methodically marches down the field, that zaps the defence. So the key is keeping him off the field, Andy, when you ask the question about the defence. And that's why I was joking about run the ball. We need to keep the ball out of Mahomes' um, hands. So that, for me, is the key uh, to victory on our defence on Sunday. 
Yeah, I think about, and I think with Mahomes, the whole blitzing thing. I mean, we see Mahomes. I think throughout his career, he's had games where he's been obliterated with um, pressure from defenses. He and he just he overcomes it. He, I think the what obviously the one game we look at is is a Buccaneers game, but even then he made a couple of passes where it's the probably the, the, the best incomplete pass I've ever seen. That 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 one again in Super Bowl Fifty Five. Um, but you know. You come at him, he makes his quick choice, get out to his men, and you give him time and he does damage. So whatever whatever way you come at it, he finds a way to go about it. But for you, Brad, I mean, looking at the Niners, obviously you mentioned Christian McCaffrey there. He's gonna be obviously the, the big threat in this game for the Niners on their offense, as well as the likes of you know Debo Samway, who can do multiple things. Uh he calls himself the wide back for a reason. You know, you got Brandon I, you can even Elijah Mitchell, I think, on his day is a great number two running back. So for you, Brad, I mean, I, I do Going back to nice, actually, I do think Jadavius Ward might be the key on defense because he was at the league league and passes defended and also tied for fourth or fifth in sacks as well. So I think he can show that he can, from the nickel position, um, he can run in and get those sacks, but also stop the pass. So I think for me, he is the key for me for you on Sunday. But for you, Brad, obviously, you know, which play are you looking for? Because Chris Jones is the obvious one, but maybe is there another player maybe you can look at and think that they're going to be the key to stop the Niners? Yeah, I mean, it is going to be difficult because, you know, this 49ers team is loaded on weapons. It really is. I mean, it's... I, I think the first thing that they're going to have to really kind of try and deal with is the impact that the CMC is going to have on this game because Shanahan before in these previous Super Bowls has always abandoned the run game and it's been his downfall. So, But you when you've got a player like CMC... It's too much of a temptation not to keep using them over and over and over again. And and when you've got the blocking ability of George Kittle, it, putting those two together, it's double trouble basically, isn't it, for the Chiefs? Because Kittle's one hell of a player. Let, let's not get this wrong. You know, he's one hell of a player. And you know, there's always a bit of back and forth, isn't the Paul about who's better? And then you get the Four Niners fans saying, "Well, Kelsey can't block," and then you know, blah blah blah. And but. There is a mutual respect there between those two. Um, and you can understand the boos and everything that were going around on opening night when Kelsey was on the on the on the stage. And it was it was deafening. And but when you get the boos like that, that's just an indication to the player that you are a threat. You are the main threat, you are the guy that we've got to look out for. And and Paul's right, you know, he doesn't really kind of uh run a route as in the usual kind of route that you would normally get from any player. He's on that same page as as Patrick Mahomes because they can they can sense when a, a play breaks down and they can adapt to it and change it and they're both just so in tune it's unreal and that's probably why he gets open that much because when you get defensive players obviously looking at tape and things like that and looking at roots and you know um, trying to uh, um, slow down a, a, an offense you will look at a route and then probably Chelsea, Kelsey will just change it. And you know, just in the blink of an eye, and he'll just go a different route. And Mahomes has already thrown the ball to him. It that that's why I think he gets open so much, is they are just so much on the same page. But going back to what you were saying, the, the Chiefs' defensive side is going to really have its work cut out in this game. I mean, it's been great throughout the playoffs. It's been absolutely fantastic throughout the playoffs, and it's been absolutely ex- exceptional all all year. It's probably one of the best Chiefs' defenses that this this franchise has ever had. Um, and I don't want to disrespect the others that we've had, you know, um, some of the great players that we've had, you know, like Derek Thomas and, you know, uh, Willie Lanier and, you know, Buck Buchanan and players like that over in the past, some exceptional defensive players. But this team as a unit 
it's the youngest defense. And yet here it is in a Super Bowl. And, you know, a lot of the team, I think 36 members of the team have obviously either come from that that Super Bowl time or been in a Super Bowl before. That's a lot of experience on there for such a young team. Um, so, but trying to shut down this 49ers, uh, basically this, this armory that they've got, I think it has to start by shutting down the run game. It has to, because if that run game gets established, it's lights out basically right from the start. So I think what the Chiefs will do, and in going back to what Paul was saying, Brock Purdy's exceptional against the Blitz because he can get the ball out to the to those weapons, those that, that support and cast. So the Chiefs have normally done a lot of blitzing throughout the playoffs. They did it against the Ravens a lot, an awful lot. And that seems to be, have been the thing that, that really suppressed Lamar Jackson. But you can't do this against Brock Purdy. So I think the Chiefs will actually almost like stand off a little bit. They'll sit back in coverage. They'll probably try and load the box to try and deal with the run. But try and lock down those threats and just see if Purdy can actually do it, you know, with a full defense, you know, staring him down the barrel at him, basically. So I think that's the only plan that you can do for the Chiefs. I think that's the only thing that we can try and do to try and slow this this offense down. Um, not blitz, sit back and just see if Purdy can pull the triggers. Are you worried about Samuel? Because um, a player you haven't mentioned, and I thought you oh, were, yeah. Sneed is an awesome cornerback. I, I love watching him on game tape. He, tend, he will follow Ayuk. Sneed will be on Brandon Ayuk. And the reason I'm asking that, Andy, jumping in to steal your thunder, is Debo <laughs> Samuel will technically be the number two receiver. And as mm-hmm. much as CMC, I think, may have a legacy game, this game's out for Debo Samuel. Because both teams are the best in the NFL at yards after the catch. And that's something that us as Niners fans are worried about. You know, Mahomes getting the ball out to uh, Rice, getting the ball out to Kelsey. But on the flip side of that, you're right in what you're saying. We've got CMC, we've got Kittle, we've got Jennings, we've got we've got the Avengers playing football for, for the 49ers. And I just think that the Chiefs defence, you play that quite good zone with your two high safeties, mm-hmm. which, like you said, you're going to... You, I think you're going to kind of dare Purdy. I think you'll have looked at what the Ravens did on Christmas Day. Now, yeah, well documented. We had turnovers, but only one of them was on Brock for me. And Kyle Shanahan didn't destroy him. In the past, he took the ball out the quarterback's hands. Um, it was interesting. The Ravens shut you guys out, but then abandoned the run. <laughs> Just don't get it. I Do what you exactly. could so crazy. I couldn't believe it. I guess I think Edwards had the first play of the game or maybe second play of the game. He had a 15-yard run. I just... I think getting like three or four carries the whole game, I just don't get a team that was so successful in that area just completely abandoning the whole what what got in there. We 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 talk about Dan Campbell and the questionable decision to go from fourth down, but at least he was sticking to his gun, sticking to what got him to that mm-hmm. position and doing what has gotten success. But for the Ravens, but I've said it before, I think I do question whether someone like Harbaugh is a great postseason head coach, and I think it's shown it again because he's just completely neglected. The whole game man and the defense was playing amazingly. I mean, as I said before, shut out the Ravens in the entire second half. Sorry, let's shut out the Chiefs in the entire second half. And the defense was yeah. making some great players to and he kept thinking, oh now they got the chance to get back in the game. And then and then the Mar Jackson throws in the triple coverage. And it's just for me, I think it's um it takes special kind of go. I think it goes to show Andy Reid is talking about, you know, even Shanahan making it now two Super Bowls. And I think that Harbaugh's only made one. Um and yeah, you know, I, I think that you know, for Andy Reid to make what 
um, one Super Bowl with the Eagles and then it's his fourth with the Chiefs. I think this is what separates the good from the elite because you, you can make it to one, you can make it to even two, but to make it to more than that, I think takes a special head coach. And I think uh, Shannon's only got two, but that's two in four or five years. Same with McVeigh. I think, yeah, it just shows, you know, for me, you know, how good job he's done. And it just, yeah, for me, I, I was just so confused why Harbaugh did that. And I think that really, another day, they probably would have won that game, I think, if he if they stuck to their guns and, you know, I, I think it could have been a whole different game. But, yeah, that completely, completely threw not me think it a was, lot of fans off as well. Do you not think it's a case of, like, what Brad and the Chiefs fans are saying, that the Chiefs know who they are now? Like the Niners, we know who we are. We stick mm-hmm. to what we do. Uh, you know, your defence, I wouldn't say, aside from Chris Jones, has any superstars. Um, and what I'm yeah. interested, this is going to be the battle of the motions. The Niners and the Chiefs call screen passes more than anyone. And that sounds boring, but it's not going to be boring. You're going to see yards after the catch. You're going to see the two-man coverage, which is the Chiefs' go-to. We are the league leading. I think we've got a 63% success rate when Shanahan goes against that. And that's why I think Debo Samuel could be the key in this one. Get that ball in yeah. his hand behind the line of scrimmage and get after him. And sometimes what I think the Ravens forgot to do, Brad, you don't have to do six, seven, ten-yard runs. Run the ball, three yards. Run the ball, three yards. And especially for us as Niners fans, you've got Mahomes. You run three mm. yards, three yards. And then you've got, what, like a third and four. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Rice. You, you've got Pacheco. And like you said, Andy, the Ravens, I think it was more they wanted to beat the Chiefs by passing the ball. Now... Yeah, I, I think it was more along the lines of the Chiefs scored early in that because, I mean, if you remember, the, the Ravens got a three and out early on. And I think that spooked them. It did, yeah. Um, I remember and, watching that one at home. Yeah. I was a bit like... And when they went three and out and then the Chiefs went down the other end and scored, I thought, ah, hang on a minute. We might have actually flipped their game plan on the head here where they might think, oh, my God, we've got to go toe-to-toe with him now because the Chiefs got up early and that's it. That's the similar thing that I think the 49ers has got to be wary of. If the, if the Chiefs get in early and start scoring early, which they have done, I mean, they've not been great in the second half of games, but they have been pretty good in the first quarter and, uh, you know, obviously with the scripted players and stuff. And I think if the Chiefs get in early, it's going to be tempting for Shanahan to go, right, let's just abandon the run. He shouldn't. Yeah. Because you've he got... He can't six... abandon the run in this. He's seen that exactly. against the Lions. But what was interesting to, to interrupt you there, Brad, yeah, yeah. Against the Lions, we expected him to come out second half and be pass heavy because we were 17 points down. And he didn't. The first three players yeah. were Debo players. And I think there was a second one where Debo got about five or six yards and he jumps to his feet and he's like, hurry up offense. Yeah. The start of the third quarter. And we're all like, this is nice. This is not what we're used to seeing. And that's where I think you're right in what you're saying. Um, at that Ravens game was, was crazy. Everyone goes on, Andy. The Chiefs didn't score any points in the second half. It was in the Super Bowl. Who cares? That, yeah, that's what to. us Niners fans are saying. <laughs> like, you know, who cares? Well, the, it's what I was going back to before about Mahomes. It, in the second half, you just saw him just, he wasn't wanting to force the ball. Even though we were in the lead, I think he just thought, right, let's just take what we've got. Um, he didn't want to force it. He didn't want to make a mistake. He didn't want to get in the way of how well the defense was playing. If he threw an interception or if the you know Pacheco fumbled the ball or anything like that, it would have been, you know, it, that would have been it. It probably would have been game over for us, really. But Mahomes understood the assignment. He understood that um, we're in the lead. Let's just keep the lead. Let's not try and force it. If we get something, we get something. If not, let's just rely on the defense. And it was it was great in that respect. Um, just look after the ball because how many times have we seen all season 
where the offense has really got in the way, the defense player just drops bad plays, you know, um, just just uninspired um, games, basically game plans and stuff. It was, it was, it it's been a very odd season, but. Like I said, I think we've seen this new kind of style of Mahomes come out recently, which has been brilliant. Yeah, like Brock Purdy, that third quarter was majestic. Mm. Niners fans haven't seen that. Chief fans, yes, we get it. But for us, this season's been tremendous. I've loved doing pods with Andy. Every time I've come on, <laughs> I gush about CMC. I gush about Ayuk. And I don't take it for granted. I mean, yeah. you Chiefs fans, you know, four out of six, yes, we have been in the final five NFC Championship games, but I have enjoyed the build-up to this week. I am confident in our team. I'm not going to sit here and say the Niners' defence is perfect. It's not. But Steve Wilkes isn't as bad as what you might have seen or heard. He's been good at making adjustments. He showed that against the Lions. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Shanahan versus your defensive coordinator. That's mm-hmm. the battle all Niners fans are talking about. It's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. Like you said, we know both teams want the other team to win the toss. You want us to start with the ball. We want you to start with the ball because Andy Reid and Shannon both want that ball back after the second half. Um, for the neutral, tuning in, I don't get it, Brad. Uh, you've probably seen the hate. This is the Super Bowl nobody wanted. Why? You've got the best two teams in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you not want the best two teams in the NFL at the end of the season, the Super Bowl? We all, we all wanted a lion. I think we all wanted that Lions. I think the Ravens, just because it, it wasn't the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, I, no, it, yeah. It, it, it's it's it's. I can understand the hate. I really can, and I can I can get it. And I, I but I think that's going to be the, what the difference is in this game. Um, I think there might be a, a lot of pressure on this 49ers team to end the evil evil empire's run. Um, and you know, even Vegas is uh, you know the betting is actually favoring slightly to the 49ers. I think there's still a bit up in arms about you know could the Chiefs actually pull this off? Um, because they have come through probably one of the most difficult playoff runs, for, well, definitely one I've I've ever seen anyway against some of the top teams. Um, and it, is the pressure going to be all on the 49ers here to actually have the revenge game and also be almost like America's team, dare I say, and, and you know, uh, wipe out the evil empire's uh, run. Um, it, it, I think that could be a, a, a deciding factor. And I actually said that about the game previously against the Ravens, I think all the pressure was on Lamar Jackson, all the pressure was on the Ravens, and they didn't step up to the mark in the end. Yeah, uh, uh, it was certainly a, a damn good when it comes to their performance. Now, before we do go, I want to get your thoughts on these comments and really a question I've derived from that. I don't know whether you saw Ocho Cinco today saying that he was so confident of a Chiefs win, if they don't win, he'll never eat McDonald's again. And he will divorce his wife and give up sex for a year. Um, now, what I'll ask you wow. guys is, what's the biggest thing you'd give up to see your team win a Super Bowl? We'll go to you first, Paul, because you haven't seen your team win one before. What's the biggest thing you, what would you give up the most if it meant the 49ers winning a Super Bowl? There's a backhanded compliment, isn't it? You've never seen your team win before. And Brad's like, well, you know, I've seen the football, <laughs> got the trophy behind me. Um, well, one of them. So I don't drink alcohol at the moment after my Achilles rupture. So I'd have to give up advice, wouldn't I? So at the moment, I've got a really sweet tooth. So if the Niners were to win the Super Bowl, you name what I have to stop eating to give it up. I I just want to say the Ravens loss was my first year supporting the Niners. That's what cemented my legacy as a Niners fan, actually losing that Super Bowl and arguing with strangers the next day. The Chiefs one hurt. It hurt me badly. Like you said, Brad, we were supposedly the favourites the way it went. 
I just don't want that feeling again. But uh, to bar an answer, Andy, but I give up anything you want me to give up. If it meant the fact that it's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm curious as to what you mentioned sweet tooth. Is it chocolate, sweets, pastries? What kind of thing are you are you most sort of addicted to almost chocolate at the moment uh i I have, I have a bit of a taste for some of the american chocolate and i do like a caramel milk bar or two so like so i ruptured my Achilles tendon i was never a big drinker but i definitely developed a sweet tooth and a love for all things nfl so i can't give the nfl up so yeah. or the next best thing would be something like that well funny you mentioned the whole thing about um you and brad because brad you seen your team have six straight AFC title games you've won a division eight times in a row You've made the four Super Bowls, won two of them, could win the third one. Paul, you've seen the team make four out of the last five NFC Championship games. You've seen your team play in three Super Bowls. I must see my team win a playoff game. <laughs> Do you know, there was a time when it was like that for the Chiefs fans. Um, when I started watching them, I mean, God, like like I said, uh, when I started watching them, it was probably like, uh, it was back in the 2011. Uh, so I had the first full season was 2012 and we won two games. <laughs> <laughs> all season it was terrible it was a horrible run and then obviously we had the Andy Reid era come in and it, it, it obviously made things a lot better but you know not actually um, seeing the Chiefs win a Super Bowl I mean even though I was very late to the party in a way uh, of actually supporting the Chiefs you know in 2011 you still feel the 50 years of hurt uh, where you know you spoke to a lot of uh, you know Chiefs fans uh, who've been diehards right from the you know right from the from birth and you understood the heart, the heartaches. I also remember the 2013 playoffs. I don't really want to get into it. Um, and, you know, it's it it was something that there was a lot of release, I think, obviously, when, uh, when they finally won the second Super Bowl um, against, obviously, uh, Paul's team there. Um, and there was a lot of re- release there. And there was, there was a, almost a belief in the team and, obviously, the fan base that, oh, my God, we've we've actually pulled something off here that, we never thought any of us would ever see in our lifetime. So it was a great moment. It was a great feeling. And, uh, you know, maybe Paul might get that this this Sunday um, to get that feeling of actually seeing his team win a Super Bowl and, you know, um, just just kind of, you know, enjoying the moment. And I've been really fortunate, really fortunate um, to obviously see them actually in the Super Bowl uh, in the flesh and also see them go on these other runs as well where, you know, they're, they're in the fourth Super Bowl. Now it's like... I'm not taking it for granted. I think a lot of Chiefs fans are quite humbled at the fact that um, we do have that 50 years of hurt still back in, you know, back in the, the the memory banks a little bit that, you know, the Chiefs were diabolical for a lot of years. And we've been very much the Neely men. Um, and, you know, finally we are the men now, which uh, seems to be the, um, the, the belief now that this team can do great things, especially when you've got the likes of Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and, how long is it going to last? We don't know. Um, we actually thought that, you know, winning one back in 2020, that that was probably our only chance to ever see one. But here we are. It can happen. It comes around and swings and roundabouts now and again. It could be the Dolphins at some point. They're on the up right now. Um, you just don't know, mate. See, Andy, <laughs> that's why I wanted to do the show. I knew, I knew Brad's background and you do yourself a disservice. Sir. I'm the same as you, 2011, 2012. I'm as yeah. diehard as you are. And yes, I wasn't born in San Francisco, but yeah, immerse yourself in the team. I don't do NF, um, English Premier League. I do NFL. I do the yeah, Niners. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And, and like you said, um, you're right. I, I know Chiefs fans. I thought, wow, you've won it in 2020. And then you sit here now and you think, 
just let us have a go. Just let me have one. But it could be, <laughs> yeah. the Niners could be about to start. And that's what Andy said a few weeks ago on a show, the NFL. You pick a team, you mm. invest in that team. And sometimes you get rewarded. I am hoping for you to buy a new jersey, Andy. I know you've said if the Dolphins win in the playoff, whichever player scores the winning touchdown, yeah. you're buying a new jersey. But yeah, you did yourself a disservice there, Brad. You definitely die hard. I follow you on social media. Um, you're right. I haven't come across a Chiefs fan that trash talks me. They've all been engaging. I mean, mm. I watched that show you did the other night for a full hour and you were just talking Chiefs. And I was sat at home. My missus was like, what are you doing? I was like, shh, I'm watching the Chiefs. I'm watching. I'm getting my homework in. And, and she can't understand why. Um, but the Taylor Swift thing, before we go, my missus, her new colleague at work, is purely a Chiefs fan because of Taylor Swift. Ooh, We've seen a lot of that in the minute. Yeah. yeah. We really are seeing a lot of that in a minute, which it's good in a way. I, I mean, we've lapped it up. We've 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 ridden on it, and you know, we've we've enjoyed the fact that there's this new kind of uh, new set of eyes looking at the Chiefs right now, and it's it's great. I mean, it's almost like the Chiefs Kingdom fan base and the Swifty fan base have kind of come together in harmony, and everything's all rosy in the garden right now. Um, long may it continue. Hopefully, I, I hope there's nothing ever going to happen in the future, but you know, it might disrupt that. But you never know. Um, but it's it's wonderful at the minute. It really is. And uh, I know a lot of people think it's a circus right now. Um, and, you know, some people, some comments have, have been flying around saying that, you know, well, why is she on my TV screen for 24 seconds? Oh, you that, know, that, that angers me, that. I mean, I, I joke on, she said she was a Chiefs fan purely because of Taylor Swift and you were the earlier kickoff in the championship weekend. So if the Niners for the yeah. earlier game should have been a Niners fan. And I've got, yeah. a, te- I've got a teenage daughter. She nicked one of my Niners hoodies. She was wearing it to college because the NFL is the fashion yeah. to be. And I was so proud. She had an argument with someone about like Brock Purdy, CMC. I was, picking up, I was like, that's my girl. That's my girl. And if it gets people watching the sport, then I'm all for it. But I don't exactly. buy this haul if she's on the screen. Just like Posh and Bex. That's the best way I can describe it's, it. Exactly, it's exactly people. like that. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Brad, I want to pick a touch on. I had a quick um, nosy for your, your YouTube channel uh, that you had. And you know, I looked through that you did at Arrowhead. I think it was the year before the homes got drafted. You know, like you see, like when you're in a, on the motorway and you see a car crash on you know, the other side of the road, and you keep going, and there's cars that haven't yet been involved in the tra- traffic queue, and you're thinking, yeah. they don't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming. And I'm thinking with you back then, he didn't even know what's coming. I was watching this, thinking, Brad's at this game, not knowing what's about to happen to his team. You know what's happened since. So I really enjoyed watching that, thinking, wow. Yeah. He's this guy set um, for years of success. But Brad, as well, I've got to ask you, um, what would you? What's the biggest thing you'd give up to see your team win another Super Bowl? Oh God, I mean, I don't have many vices. I must admit, I don't. I don't. I mean, I love my motorbikes, I suppose, but I don't want to give up a motorbike. That'd be crazy talk. That'd be like giving up sex, wouldn't it? Um, but <laughs> you know, it really would. Um, I, I don't know any, anybody would make that bet. I really don't. But um, I don't know. I don't know really. Um, I, you know, I like listening to my records. Um, you know, I like my Chiefs memorabilia and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't really know what I would actually give up. Like I said, I've already seen them. You know, mm. win two in my lifetime, and um, you know they're, they're here in the fourth one now, which uh, everything I could have asked for. I mean, I suppose I could give up one of the one of the Lombardis. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> there's a space there's a space <laughs> give up one of the old ones see a new one maybe I might I might be chuffed with that <laughs> now before we do our predictions quick fire round both of you first of all the best half time performance you've seen in your lifetime Brad we'll stick with you the best performance you've seen it's got to be left shark 
And Brad That's Katy Perry's left shock. <laughs> and then Paul. I'm in my forties, so I'm an Eminem, Dr. Dre. That yeah. that was my kind oh, of thing. Good. So yeah, that that that, that, is, that that was probably pretty good for me because we weren't. I tell you what, I would give a shout out to Lady Gaga because I thought that was a really yeah. good show. That mm. was really good. And then secondly, what's the best Super Bowl you've ever watched? All back to you. The best game you've seen in the Super Bowl. Well, certainly wasn't the one in Miami, was it? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. From a, new, from, a, from a neutral point of view, I did like the Patriots Fulton's game because I, I totally was just immersed in that. I thought they were out of it at half time. And given that Shanahan's come over to us, that's kind of part of his story, part of his legacy. So watching that one live. Um, and then when the Eagles won it, as much as I don't like the Eagles, I was yeah, at a watch party in Manchester. There was an annoying Patriots fan there. Um, funny story, I missed the Philly special because I thought they were kicking a field goal. So I went to the <laughs> toilet. And when I come back, my mate who doesn't know the NFL was jumping up and down and saying they'd scored a try. And I was like, what on earth do you mean they scored a try? <laughs> so I missed the Philly special live, everybody. So there you go. Oh, Take it that what you want. That is getting bad for you. It might be obvious, but what is your favourite? Um, you would expect me to say the one that I actually attended, which was against the Niners. But um, no, I, I actually really enjoyed the last year's one. I thought it was... If I was a neutral, I would absolutely have loved that game. But um, the heart attacks, the number of heart attacks I think I had uh, during that game. I mean, half time. Honestly, I, I, I never thought, or I never think that the Chiefs are dead in the water. But I absolutely thought at half time, I thought this is done. This game is finished. Um, and then this comeback that the Chiefs went on to actually beat the Eagles was was. Um, Mind blowing, and and like I said, the euphoria that we were that we had with, uh, over in Dublin when we were watching it with a group of Chiefs fans, and the whole the whole bar was full of NFL fans, and they were hating us. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> so that yeah, that one's for me. Yeah, I liked it, but it was me sadly ruined by the end. Um, <laughs> the, the, the horrible fish eating call. Um, predictions times. Um, Part of the show, we're going to give each give our predictions. You had our ones in part one. Now it's time for part two. Paul, with you first. Who's winning the game and what's the score going to be? Well, I'm I'm being naughty here, Brad, because we haven't done our 49 FFL UK ones yet and we're in a competition. But Andy's a good friend. It will surprise nobody listening that I'm going for the 49ers. And I'm going to be bald because why not? It's a Super Bowl. I reckon the 49ers are winning this one 31 to 21. And I get my happy ending and I get my trophy in the cabinet like Brad and we go wild in Leeds. So there you go, Andy. You heard it here first. Amazing, amazing. Brad, for yours. Isn't that the same score in Super Bowl 54? 31-20. Oh, it was, yeah, it was. Yes, it was. Ingrained, ingrained. That score's ingrained, buddy. (laughs) No, I actually, I've actually predicted mine on on my podcast and it was uh, Chiefs 24 um, 49 is 14, believe it or not. Um, I just think, I think if the Chiefs get up the tails up early, it's probably going to be really tough for the 49ers to try and come back. And we know about the Chiefs' defense. Uh, it is a, a wide receiver graveyard. We've, you know, we've shut down a lot of uh, top wide receivers in the league this year. You know, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, to name a couple. So I think it could be difficult. I think CMC is definitely going to be the one to stop. I think he's the one that gets a couple of touchdowns out of this. Well, it's interesting because I actually I've done an articles coming out, I think, next few days to touch down with my prediction. I went for 24 10 to the Chiefs. Um, and I got many reasons. I think it's everything Brad said is why I think that 
We've seen Super Bowls in the past where the Rams were one of the highest scoring teams in Super Bowl 53 and they only scored three points. I think that this could be an occasion, sadly, I think maybe the occasion maybe might get to Britt Purdy, but at the same time, he's proved it again. But I've got another reason why um, I think it is because there's a little trend going on in recent Super Bowls. So Super Bowl 48 was extremely dull. Super Bowl 49 were, had, an inf- had an influence with Michael Butler. Super Bowl 50 was mediocre, but then 51-52 were amazing. 53 was awful. 54 was was great. 55 was bad. 56 and 57 was great. I think this year could be another one of those ones where it's either one-sided or really dull. And I think we are due a, a boring Super Bowl. We've had so many good games in recent years in Super Bowls, and I just think that we are due a dull one-sided affair. So that's why I've gone for I think the Chiefs win is because of Mahomes and Kelsey and Andy Reid, the playoff experience. I, I think they're just in this kind of mode right now. And I think sadly for the Niners, they're going to do to you what you did to the Bengals in the 80s and beat you twice in, um, in a short space of time. So yeah, I think the Chiefs win. And yeah, that is where we'll end the podcast for today in our Super Bowl 58 preview, episode 100 of the series. Um, thank you once again to Paul and Brad for coming on. Thanks very much. Thanks for having us on again, Andy. Yeah, Pleasure's all mine. Pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Andy. You know, big fan of what you do. Even though you have those digs at me. I thought we were friends. <laughs> Four in Super Bowl, only 10 points. It's a good job I like you, Andy. It's a good job I like you, son. Just before I go, just before I go, I want to say good luck to Paul because, like I said, it, it, the content that he, that he obviously, you know, the things he does for the 49ers and everything like that, it's uh, it's brilliant. We need more people like Paul in the in the UK representing his team. Mm. I appreciate that. Sadly, I said to Andy, I was only doing the show with Brad. Sorry to any of the Chiefs fans. So <laughs> the, the feelings reciprocated, but no, it is. It's good to see NFL fans in the UK representing their fan base. So I appreciate that. Thank you, buddy. I agree. I think in a time of quite a lot of negativity, I'm I've seen on particularly certain Facebook pages. Uh, I do think it's nice, it's refreshing to see a podcast where everyone's being really nice and everyone's getting on because at the end of the day, you know, that's. I think everyone, I think I love the NFL, the fact that multiple fans will just mingle. Like you see the NFL London games all the time and even most of the time in American games where people just mingle and it's nice. Whereas I do sometimes get this illusion with how toxic football fans can be in the UK. Uh, it's when you see like, you know, when you see England playing the US, US final and they're kicking off and chucking fireworks and having fights with Italian fans. It just, yeah, I, I, love, I love that sport, but that's one thing that always annoys me. So it's not, I always love when fans can get on. Um, but speaking of fans, we have our rest of our predictions coming up now. Uh, our first one coming from Touchdowns, Rory Joe Daniels. And we'll see you guys for our Super Bowl review with Stephen Luke from the Hairdryer Treatment. See you then. So my Super Bowl prediction for Sunday evening is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs to come out victorious over the 49ers, uh, 27-20 I think it'll be. Uh, I'm rooting for the Niners, but I don't think I've quite managed to uh, commit to trusting Brock Purdy. So I can see the game ending with a big play from the Chiefs defence. Perhaps somebody like Trent McDuffie running it back uh, for a pick six. So that's how, how I think it'll go. I think the Chiefs will win again. Uh, and Mahomes will, will carry on his Super Bowl streak. All right, Andy. Uh, thanks for uh, asking me to uh, send your opinion for the year, for the end of the season. Um, I know we talked about it on previous podcasts. Uh, I think pretty much this is the outcome most people expected in terms of the Super Bowl. Um 
two best teams, basically got there. Um, although I would have liked to have seen the Ravens, but you know, it is what it is. Um, however, uh, Mahomes is Mahomes, and Mahomes does Mahomes things in Super Bowls. And as much as I'd like to say they're not going to win it, uh, the outcome of this one is going to be pretty straightforward, I think. It's going to be 24-21 uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. And apologies to uh, anyone who I know who's a Broncos fan. All right, Chris. Um, but unfortunately, Mahomes does Mahomes things in Super Bowls, and you can't get away from that. Hi, guys. Tom Morton here, coming to you with my Super Bowl 58 prediction. Unfortunately, I can see the Kansas City Chiefs winning their third and five. Um, I'd like the 49ers to win for a little bit of variety and for the storyline of Brock Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant Super Bowl champion. Unfortunately, I can't see them getting past the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs' defence is too strong. I think Brock Purdy struggled in the playoffs and has been outplayed by Laban Goff and has relied on one decent quarter at the end, while the Chiefs and Mahomes, Mahomes Kelsey, that offence just seems to switch on come playoff time no matter how tricky the regular season has been so I can see the Chiefs winning it I can see the Chiefs winning it fairly comfortably by about 10 so uh, enjoy the game wherever you're watching it and catch you next season Hi, Graham Henderson here aka the Kilted Texan live in the bullpen with my predictions for the Super Bowl on Sunday Although the shine of the Super Bowl wore off a bit when my Texans got knocked out it doesn't mean I can't support some more former players Justin Reed, we'd love him to add to that ring collection and although he won't be playing on Sunday, Charles Amenehu, I would just love for that dude to get his first ring. On the flip side, you have the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey, who I think we would all love to see get that ring. And then as for Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, he could become Mr. Very Relevant if he picks up his first Super Bowl ring. I think this is going to be one of that games that's evenly matched. You know, the offences are both high-powered. There's good defence on both sides of the ball here. Uh, it might come down to special teams in the end. And I think it's going to be that close with maybe a walk-off field goal. And I'm I'm going to predict it's going to be 27-24 to the Niners. I'm back in the Niners on this one. I would just love to see the, the Chiefs, after the, all their success lately, just be taken down a peg or two. And those guys are just going to have to shake it off, as they say. But, hey, I'm going with the Niners. We're locked in on Sunday. But after Sunday, we're going to be back on the Texans next year. We're going to be in the Super Bowl. Book it. Go Texans. Hey guys, Scott McCabe here, and I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs to defeat the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58 this weekend in Vegas. There's a number of reasons why I think the Chiefs are going to win, but it's down to Patrick Mahomes. When I put these two quarterbacks beside each other, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the difference maker. And I also think if Brock Purdy gets put under pressure, like this Chiefs defense is going to do, with Chris Jones coming after him and all these other factors, I think it might be too much for Purdy. If he throws an interception... I think the 49ers could be in trouble. So I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes to have a great game. I also think you need to look out for running back Isaiah Pacheco. He's going to be key in this one. That's my prediction. Let's see what happens. Hi, guys. This is Freddie from the Franchise Tag Podcast. Here to give you my Super Bowl prediction for Super Bowl 58. And I really fancy the San Francisco 49ers to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. If I was going to put a score on it, I'd probably say 27 to 24. I think it'd be a bit of a lower scoring game than we may expect because these two defences are very good. The Chiefs defence is underrated, but the San Francisco 49ers defence is fantastic. Uh, I just fancy the, the might of Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, that offence. 
and uh, to, to, to go and beat the Chiefs in Las Vegas. I mean, we don't want the Chiefs to win it again. We, we need a little bit of a different team every now and then, don't we? And the San Francisco 49ers have been electric this season. Unfortunately, they've not been so electric in the offseason. The Chiefs have probably been better there. But I feel when the bright lights are shining in Vegas, the San Francisco 49ers will come through. Hi, Andy. Sam from uh, Let's Talk Sport, NFC West. Um, big game for, to, for, the, for Sunday. I'm going with, believe it or not, being a Rams fan, I'm going with the Chiefs 27, 49ers 24. All on that Swifty train. Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying this episode of the Across the Pod podcast. This is Dan Toomey here with the Banners Fly Forever football show. For the game this Sunday, I have a final score of Kansas City Chiefs 28 and the San Francisco 49ers 24. You guys all enjoy the last game of the season. Hi Andy, thanks for inviting me onto the podcast to have my say on uh, who I think is going to win the Super Bowl again. For me, there's only one team. And that is the San Francisco 49ers. I'm a huge Chiefs, Chiefs fan. I mean, yeah, as a, as a neutral in this game, it, it pains me to pick this Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs to lose because that, that, that defense is spectacular. And as a huge Patrick Mahomes fan, I, I, you know, I, I've been in all they've been doing, able to do in, this, in the playoffs in a down year for them. But the Niners are just, they're so good on paper and, They've been in the big game a couple of times now, or Carson and has been in the big game a couple of times now. And I just feel like if they're ever going to win it, it'll be this year. They've got the best team that they've had. I just, and I thought Brock Purdy's going to have a game. This is where he's already going to announce himself on the world stage. So I think the San Francisco 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl. And I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a high scoring Super Bowl. But the Niners just, just win and Shanahan finally gets his ring. Hey guys, it's Lee Wakefield here from the Touchdown NFL Pod. We've just finished uh, recording in our preview for the game on Sunday. Yes, yeah, so we're ready. I just wanted to check in and give my uh, give my two pence for the game. I really wanted you guys to watch out for the Shanahan versus Spagnolo cat and mouse game. That's going to be something special. They both had a couple of weeks to cook things up in the lab, and I'm sure they'll be ready for each other. Um, in terms of a game prediction, well, there's only one place to start, isn't there? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is going to score a touchdown, isn't he? It's kind of obvious. Uh, the Chiefs would have been planning, you know, Andy Reid again, he's going to be in the lab, he's going to be planning something. I think the Chiefs are the sort of team as well that really going to lean into that storyline with with him and Taylor Swift and draw up some crazy red zone play for him to score. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd bet on Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. And, and the Chiefs have gone and win. I'm going to go for a score of 24 to 20 in this one. And it'd be a pretty close game. Should be cat and mouse all the way over the field. So, yeah, that'll be my shout. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully the 49ers bring it home as a Chargers fan. But, yeah, that's my shout. So, yeah, see you all next week. Hi, I'm Olivia and I'm a New York Jets fan and I think that the Super Bowl will be relatively low scoring and the Kansas City Chiefs will win 24-14. to 14. Good evening Andy. Um, there is no betting against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday night. Unfortunately, it will be the Chiefs that win this Super Bowl. As good as Brock Purdy is, as good as the 49ers are offensively and probably better defensively as well. Mahomes, and I absolutely hate this phrase, is inevitable. The Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. 